Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hey, well, welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast. My name is Jamie Agenti. Welcome. It's Tuesday, April the 11th, 2023. And welcome in, guys. I hope your Tuesday is going well. Uh, Mine is going well as well, so thank you for asking. Uh, so, to put this to rest, to put it to, to, uh, to put the nail in the coffin, to do all the things to never ever talk about it again, until the official offseason starts, let's focus on the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs. My my team is the Spurs, okay? That's my team. That's why I want to talk about it. My, my <laughs> They're not my favorite team, but I live here, so I got to talk about the Mavericks in my sense, you know, um, because I guess – I guess some people want to hear it. Some people want to hear uh, the Spurs. So I'll give you those two. But first, let's start with the Mavericks. Um, I want to give you some pros and cons in, the, in, in this situation. Um, there was a lot going on this season. Um, you know, I think around right around the February twenty uh, February first week of February, you were up. You were twenty nine to twenty six. Okay. Yeah, decent record, fifth spot in the West. Yeah, you could say, hey, playoff team, this and that. Um, but when you made a trade, but the trade for Kyrie happened. Okay. It happened because we needed another, they needed another superstar to accumulate Luka Doncic. Okay. What a better way to get that. Kyrie did his job. Kyrie gave you basketball. Kyrie gave you every single thing that he had in his in his uh in his vision. He did that. But what more can you ask for? What more of Kyrie do you want? Kyrie wasn't the uh the uh the the um the main focus on the team, it was Luca. Luca, what was the guy? It's just that Kyrie needed, uh, sorry, Luca needed a, uh, a, a, a Robin. Kyrie's Robin. Luca's Batman. And so now, now you add pieces, Tim Hardaway Jr., and then all those other guys, Roger Bullock, uh, Dorian Finn, Dorian Finn went to, uh, to Brooklyn in that trade, which, it won the trade for Brooklyn because they're in the postseason, which we'll talk about the playoffs in just a, in just a little bit. But Dallas Mavericks, you, your season started with the pros. The pros. Let's look at the pros. Uh, Doncic averaged 32 points a game. He was second in scoring, eight rebounds and eight assists. Um, <laughs> they went 38 and 44. That last game against the Bulls was a, a disappointment. It was pretty ridiculous. Even though Chicago rested their guys, you had to win that game. 
to assure yourself to be in the postseason. But then regardless, if you didn't win that game, then you were going to be you you were going to be out of the playoffs anyway. So it doesn't matter. And you're just trying to protect your pick. The organization made a, a horrible decision by saying, you know what? Let's sit Luca down. Let's sit, uh, let's sit Christian Wood down. Let's sit Josh Green down. Those guys, those guys are 20, 20 plus years old. They shouldn't be resting. They shouldn't be resting to protect a, a, t- a top 10 pick. Y'all would just drafted Luca, uh, years ago, a few years ago. You have never had a top 10 pick. Well, you have. You drafted Dennis Smith Jr. back in 2017, and look what happened. Look what that turned out to. And now, actually, Dennis Smith Jr. might have arrived his career in Charlotte. This is not a top 10 French, uh, top 10. You're not supposed to be in in this position. The pros is Luka got you 30 points a game. That was the pro. Everybody said, you know, Jason Kidd bowed down to his boss and said, you know what? Let me go ahead and, and, and not play Luca. Let me go ahead and rest Christian Wood. Let me go ahead and rest Josh Green. Those guys are 20 plus years old. Now I can understand 30 plus, yes. But I don't understand why you rest them the, la- uh, the last two games. I don't understand that at all. And that last game was an absolute wash against the Spurs. I watched it because I said, you know what? Let me sit down and watch this game. And, and I have nothing to do Easter Sunday. So let me go ahead and watch this game. It was boring. There was no excitement because, you know, I already know, knew where the Spurs were going to go. I didn't expect the Mavericks to be in this uh, situation. I mean, you were just in the West Conference last year. You were a few possessions away of getting to the finals. That Andrew Wiggins dunk over Luka changed your whole trajectory for the Warriors. That's why the Warriors won game five and they ultimately won the championship. This team has been healthy all season. This team has depth. You didn't utilize JaVale McGee. JaVale was there to, uh, to shore up the middle. And I heard and I heard something the other day. I said they need rebounding. Somebody said they need rebounding. Rebounding for what? Luke can give, give you ten rebounds a night. Um, Dwight Powell can give you ten plus rebounds a night. Uh, Javale McGee, you brought him in to rebound. He's seven one. He played 30, 30 something games off the bench. This team was healthy. You guys had everything. There was a lot of depth. Where is the rebounding? Mike Kleber can guard one through five. But, you know, like, like, there's no necessary need in the Mavericks. You don't need anything. You need consistency. That's what you need. Defense. That's what it is. Now let's, let's, uh, play a clip from, uh, Jason Kidd. Let's start with Jason Kidd first. And let me, and I'm going to give you my two cents on what Jason Kidd has been done during this season. Go ahead. And, um, understanding everything that is, is talked about, uh, can be true or not true. But I think the big thing is when you're building a championship team, you have to be patient. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, success doesn't, you know, come, um, with one trade. 
uh, it takes uh, a couple seasons. Um, going through that uh, in 08 or 09 when I came here, um, we didn't win right away. Um, but we did end up putting the right team together to, to finally win a championship. And so I think it's just about being patient. We love the support, uh, the excitement um, to be able to sell out every night. We don't take that for granted. Um, but I think just a little patience, uh, especially with change, um, is needed. Um, and so understand we're, we, we're, we're not happy with the way things finished. Um, but we, we promise that we will continue to work and push forward and we'll get better. Played it over again. Played it over again. Let's play it over again, guys. To be patient, um, understanding everything that is, is talked about, uh, can be true or not true, but I think the big thing is when you're building a championship team, you have to be patient. Um, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, success doesn't, you know, come um, with one trade. Uh, it takes uh, a couple seasons. Um, going through that uh, in 08 or 09 when I came here, um, we didn't win right away, um, but we did end up putting the right team together to, to finally win a championship and so I think it's just about being patient we love the support uh, the excitement um, to be able to sell out every night we don't take that for granted um, but I think just a little patience uh, especially with change um, is needed um, and so understand we're, we, we're, we're not happy with the way things finished um, but we, we promise that we will continue to work and push forward and we'll get better all right. So you heard what uh, Jason Kidd said. Uh, he said patience. He said uh, we'll try to get better. That's my con, guys. My con is you were you were the same coach that actually got to the final. Was the conference finals last year? You were there. Like I said, you were within a few possessions away of going to the NBA finals. I mean. Why are we trying to go backwards when we can go forward? I mean, I get what he's saying, but I wish you say that when when you don't make the playoffs last year. I wish you, you said that uh, last year then versus this year. That, to me, is a joke. I mean, I'm not saying Jason Kidd's a joke. What he's saying is a joke. You were just there. You had everybody excited. We don't want to get excited about hockey. No offense to hockey. We don't get excited about random things in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. We want to get excited for football, basketball, baseball. That's what we want to get excited about. But we don't have that. We don't have, I mean, I mean, I saw a stat the other day that, uh, random stat. We don't have a team in Texas that made the postseason. That's the first time since 1980. I was not born in 1980. I was not alive at all. My parents were. I mean, I, I don't know. They were they were completely young, but um, but no, there there was. I mean, what are we doing here, Mavericks fans? What are y'all doing? That's your coach. He's saying it takes time, it takes patience. Like, dude, you were in the final. You were in. The, you were there. 
That's my con. That quote right there was my con. Like, Kyrie did what he can. Luka did his best. He averaged 30 points a game. You didn't, you, you surround, you, Tim Hardaway Jr. had the most threes in Mavericks history, I think. I, Reggie Bullock had some, had moments. Uh, Dwight Powell had moments himself. Uh, Massey Klebo was hurt. I think that was a big, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, because they were able to manage. Josh Green needs to find where he needs to fit on the court. If he's going to be a defender or if he's going to be a three, uh, or if he's going to be a slasher to the basket. I think that that's what he needs to do in the offseason. He needs to find a way to fit that in, in his game. Um, Kyrie, um, typical Kyrie did not go, go, um, did not talk to the media after the game, did not do his as interview. The reason being is because, hey, you brought me in here. I want to go to the postseason. I mean, you went to the, you came from the Brooklyn Nets who had no, Kyrie has expectations. I can understand why this time I agree with Kendrick Perkins. I want to tell you why I don't why I disagree with him in a second, but I agree with him because he's the exception of of doing of not doing um after season end of season interviews. I understand where the frustration of Kyrie. You brought me in to get to the playoffs, and now you're out of it, and now you're trying to protect a, a, a top. 10 pick and which you may not have in the draft this year's draft. Like y'all were just there a year ago. What happened? What happened was you couldn't play defense. What happened was, uh, you didn't eat. Well, you didn't, the organizations did not surround Luca was a second piece. They tried Kyrie. Kyrie is going to be difficult signing him in the offseason, but the Mavericks give him the best chance. Now, can the Mavericks can, can, can the Mavericks give him the three to four year deal he wants? That's the question. To me, he's more deserving of getting that deal. You saw the man ball out. You just hope that he doesn't quit on your team. That's the only issue I have with Kyrie. But other than that, he did his job, everyone. He said the baggage in Brooklyn stays in Brooklyn. He said Dallas is my city. I want, I'm going to play basketball. Now, I don't know if he's going to sign with the Mavericks or the Lakers. The Lakers don't make any sense because they're going to, they might re-up on Russell. Uh, they might re-up on Vanderbilt. All that stuff. And I don't think he wants to play with LeBron again. So it's going to be difficult signing Kyrie uh, in the offseason. But I want to hear what Luka has to say. Let's play that clip of Luka playing, uh, saying, saying stuff. And then we'll, we'll, we'll close it. We'll close it. We'll throw it away after this. Go ahead. I don't have a chance to win a championship. Something's got to change. I know what you're saying. Uh, but so, I'm, ha- I'm happy here. So there's nothing to worry Play that clip again. 
don't have a chance to win a championship. Yeah, something's got to change. I know what you're saying, uh, but so, I'm ha- I'm happy here, so there's nothing to worry. All right, so you heard that, Luca. There, there was there was rumors that he may request a trade next season, after uh, the 2024 season. Um, Luca, that's that's BS. To me, that's BS. Because I feel like you have you are the cornerstone of the Mavericks now. Dirk handed you his throne to say this is Luca's throne team now. I don't think that um I don't think that you you, you are, are are I don't think you're honest with yourself. I do think that when the, when the organization does not put pieces together you're going to want out. That's the new NBA. That's why Dame Litter said, you know, I'm not going to wait Two to three years for these guys to get to improve. He's right. He said, why not leave now before it gets worse? They sat out Dame the last 10 games, I believe, because the Blazers weren't making the postseason. They were just out of it. That's what the organization does not care what Luca thinks. Even though Luca is the cornerstone of that franchise. Dirk handed it off. They're always one. Dirk is well into retirement. We are done with Dirk. Dirk is in the front office trying to help this team get back to relevancy. Micah Finley too. But y'all don't want to help Luca out. Luca can give you so much. So much to the point where I want out. After next season. Now, of course, he's not going to stand on it because we are going to take his words and run with it. But Luca, you're the, you're, you, you, you personally want to leave if the organization does not make these changes to your liking. If they don't add, if they don't sign Kyrie, if they don't, if, even if you don't sign Kyrie, if they don't add another star to help you out. And matter of fact, I can go off and say, you don't know, y'all don't need a start. Y'all need effort. Effort wins games. Defense wins championships. Defense. You have Jamel McGee. You have Reggie Bullock. You have Dwight Powell. Who else do you have? You have Massey Kleba. You have all that depth. And y'all can't make the playoffs. That's a damn shame. And I blame Mark Cuban. I blame Nico Harrison. I blame Jason Kidd for all the, all that nonsense. How are you how are you going to sit there and say and say we're making an organization decision when you had the tenth spot? OKC could have lost to Memphis, which they did not. Memphis, I'm sorry, OKC did not clinch anything. In that point of time, as of Friday, they haven't clinched anything. And now, they're in the play-in. They could win, they could lose. Who knows? But they're there. Young. 
23 years old, average age on that team. There's no veteran on that team. There's no, uh, um, Shea Gilgis is the cornerstone on that team. Say, now, if Shea Gilgis came out and said, you know what? I want you to add XYZ to the Thunder. You know what the Thunder are going to do? They're going to laugh because they say, we're going to have, we have a lot of draft picks. We have a lot of draft picks that we want to, uh, mold on this team. So we're going to continue to go the route where we're going to. And then Shea says, you know what? Get me out of there. In a few years, I guarantee you, he will say, get me out of there. Luca will say, get me out of here. I can't go 30, 10, and 10 a night, and I, and we lose. And the organization wants to care about that one asset. That's why I always talk about players got to come in to work. You got to come in to work. Draftees that want to be drafted in the, in, in, in the NBA or NFL, whatever that matter, they have to come to work right away. Not say, you know what? Nah, this work is not for me. I'm just going to take it. Uh, I'm going to go on a load management tour. They got to come into work if you want to be relevant in this franchise. I understand patience for a championship. I get that. But at the same time, Anybody can win a championship in this day and age. Anybody. It's wide open in the West, in, in any, in any, in any, uh, in any, uh, conference right now. Now, I'm putting this to rest. Y'all can talk about the Mavericks all you want. Y'all want to sit there and talk about the Mavericks here in the playoffs? Go ahead. But I'm talking about the Spurs. Okay? Now let's move on to the Spurs. Before I talk about this, this is just a short Spurs take. The only, I guess the only pro, there's only two pros. Number one, Keldon Johnson is the leader, leader, leader of the team. That's what the franchise should be, should be built on. Um, we didn't have that this season, obviously. But I think Keldon sat out, what, three of the last four games? I, I, I think, I think this is the norm from the NBA. And I'm talking about the NBA in general. I think this this is the norm because we're asking players to play eighty two games and then when they're out of it, nah, just just sit out, just sit out. Let, let's take an example of Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges is on a uh, games games play streak right now. I think it's at three ninety two. I believe he played all eighty three games, all eighty three without missing a beat. This man said, you know what? Hold my beer. I'm going to pack up, pack up a lunch and get to the arena and get some shots up. He knows he's playing every game. I bring that example because Kelly Johnson sat at the last four, three of the four games. I don't know what the organization is doing. Hey, they didn't even know if they're going to draft Wemiana. We don't need that crap. We don't need him. Go to Detroit. Go to Houston. We don't need that type of player. I've been saying that all season long. You gotta find players that fit your, uh, team. Draft somebody else. Not the best player that's out there. That's the only pro. My other pro, uh, my own, my other pro is, um, 
We got great player. We got great play. Even the last game of the season from Julian, Julian Champagne, Malachi Branham, Sandro uh, Mamu. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name. Sorry. Keta, Keta Bates Diop and Dominic Barlow. Now, those are younger guys. Said so Kitty Bates Diop is a veteran. But the other guys that I mentioned, they're, they are, they, they are, Capable pieces of making a team. Now, do you, now, the Summer League will be interesting. I'm interested to see the Summer League. Not only the Mavericks, but the Spurs as well. Let's see what happens in the Summer League. Let's see these guys add, uh, this type of repertoire to their games. Maybe they can add a three point shot. Maybe they can add a, a, a um, a midway jump shot within the next uh, two months or so because the summer league starts in July. So I'm interested to see what type of Spurs core, young core, and then with a draft pick of whoever we draft can fit in this mold. I don't want to be in this situation again as a Spurs fan. I don't want to be losing games. I don't want to be in a top 10 pick ever again. Ever again. When we drafted Duncan, uh, Tim Duncan back in the day, 1997. People don't know this, but we won every single year. Every single year up until this year. I mean, I understand those days are over. They're, they're way behind us. Tim Duncan's not going to come back. Monogenomy, all that nonsense. But at the same time, we have a team that, uh, that can get the job done. If we played a little bit of defense, if we can add another piece to this core, a franchise changing core, then we can make things happen. Now, that's my other con, my other, my other thing, negative thing, con thing is that we had the worst defense in the league. We had no consistency. Guys are sitting out games. Um, we traded away assets. We traded away Yalkum. We traded, um, who else did we trade? Um, well, we got, no, we got, we traded J- Josh Richardson. Uh, Josh Richardson was playing well. He was starting to play, play, uh, play well up until, uh, he got traded. Um, let's see. We got rid of Stanley Johnson. And, um, that was it. And so, so it was interesting. It was interesting that this core is going to come together. I'm glad we didn't get rid of Doug McDermott because Doug McDermott is part of this core. He's a veteran, but, you got to add veterans to young teams to get the younger players straight. And I think keeping him around kept us straight. I'm talking about Spurs fans. I'm a Spurs fan here. Kept us straight to the core. Now, the other, uh, the other, the question that we always ask ourselves is Pop going to retire? Listen, Pop is not going to make that, but Pop's not going to make that decision. He's not going to. He's not gonna make the decision in the off season. He's gonna he's gonna do it day by day, and then whenever the story comes out, then it will come out. I think he's gonna coach at least one more season. I could be wrong. Maybe he'll coach up until I don't know. He's the man is thirty four years old. The man's about to go into the Hall of Fame, and we need and Pop is not the reason why the Spurs failed. The Spurs failed because they couldn't, get, the team itself couldn't get together. So that's not Pop's fault. It's the teammates. It's the team. 
We didn't have any identity this, this season. We couldn't find it. That's why I said the last game of the season was born to watch. Because not only the game in early, but it almost felt like a rec game. No offense to the rec players out there. I've played rec too. I almost felt like, okay, we're just trying to make sure that we, 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 well, make sure we, we, we get the shots up and make sure we, that we play a little defense, make sure we shorten the halftime by six minutes and get this game going and get everyone out of the building because we want to enjoy our off season. We want to enjoy our vacation out. That's what they did to the point where, you know, during that broadcast there, you know, you, you never heard here announcers go off script off the game. That's what Derek Har- Mark Fellow and Derek Harper did and Jeff Skins Wade. They were talking about a lot of stuff. They were talking about, um, you know, not only what the team needed to do, honestly, they were just talking about the playoffs itself. Everybody in the playoffs, which is the Lakers, uh, the Clippers, all that stuff. And I saw a lot of that on the Spurs pages that I follow on Facebook. And I said, and I'm thinking to myself, Whatever happened to talking about only Spurs talk? If you want to talk about other teams, go to their page and talk about their teams. But then again, I understand it. I understand it because the Spurs weren't making any moves. There were some people out there that were wishing the team were to tank, and you got your wish. We ended the season at 22 and 60. You got your wish. Now, let's go into the offseason and draft the best player available. Or, let's go to the offseason and spend money in free agency and get a player here. Let's do that. Let's not talk about other teams. Let's not talk about what Milwaukee's doing. Go to their page and talk about what they're doing. Not the Spurs page. But then again, I understand it. I'm just passionate because I'm like, this is a Spurs page. Let's find a way to improve this team. What does this team need to do in the offseason? And I can give you two things. Number one, they need to find a way to play defense. Number two, they need to draft, uh, they need to hit in, uh, if not only free agency, they need to hit in the draft. That's right there. Hit in the draft. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. And hopefully we'll, we will revisit this conversation in July. Now, that was a lot. Let's talk about uh, these playoffs. Now, there's a play-in tournament tonight, everyone. And I'll give you some key... Uh, I'll give you some key um, things to watch out for. If you're going to watch the games... Uh, I think tonight's game is on TNT, the Atlanta and Miami game, and the Minnesota and Lakers game. They're both on TNT tonight. Uh, this is the seven and eight matchup. This is the point to where if the seven, if either one of those teams win, they get to rest an extra three to four days and they play, um, they play. So if my, if uh, one of them is going to play, Boston, in Boston, on Sunday, 
if I'm making if I'm made mistaken. So it could be Sunday. Uh, the winner of the Minnesota and the Lakers game, they'll play Memphis on Sunday as well. And so you get that. That's a lot, but that's the playing tournament. I love it. I love. It. I love to see guys give their all. Uh, I love to see the drama of it. This is what the playoffs is all about. So let's talk about the first matchup that's on TNT. The Atlanta Hawks and Miami. I almost call them the Hurricanes. I almost call them the Dolphins, but it's the Heat. Miami Heat. <laughs> um, so I did see, but on the land side, I did see that they're trying to move on from Trey Young. I don't know what that conversation is all about, but it must be an organizational decision in my eyes. Maybe if I get more clarity, then I will, I, I will address it, but I don't know. I, I, I know the reason why they want to move on Trey, from Trey Young, but I don't know why. Why now does this story have to come out? Why now do we have to talk about it? Versus we can talk about it in the off season if they don't make the pl- the postseason. Now the losers will host a home game to get that eighth spot, the eighth is final spot. But I think during the break I'm going to look at this playoff scenario again and, and I'll give you my expertise on it. But oh sorry, the playoff scheduling, I'll look at it again and I'll and I'll recorrect myself if I need to correct myself. So let's look at this matchup against the Hawks and the Heat. Now, Atlanta, they're, they are so inconsistent. They are so inconsistent. Trey Young averaged 26 points a game and 10 assists in the regular season. Um, Murray, 20 points, five, five rebounds and six assists in the regular season. Um, this, this team, this tandem is not going to work. DeJounte did not request a trade from the Spurs to go to Atlanta to play with a guy that doesn't, you know, can't make plays right now. Like Trey Young is not, Trey Young is not, I can't say Trey Young. Trey Young is just, he's just not, he's not the type of player that, you want to play with right now. I just look at his game and it's like, it's like there's no leadership in his, in, in his repertoire right now. Now it could be changed. It could change, but there's no leadership right now. I mean, he's a good player, but you know, it's just, I don't want my point guard shooting from the outside and missing a bunch of it. Like what happened to the Trey Young that he was just mixing it up, just crossing it, crossing people over and getting finding his own shot, creating his own shot, getting to the rim. But instead, he's shooting the three point line, and it's like it's just too much for me. The Jante wants to go inside and shoot the mid range shot and wants to play a little bit of defense. That's what that's why Atlanta's in this situation. They could have been out the playoffs entirely. But they're in this situation because they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent on both ends of the floor because of Trey Young. And I, and I hate to pinpoint one player, but Trey Young is that player. 
Trey Young is that is is he's supposed to be that franchise, but he but he's not right now. He's never going to be if Atlanta decides to keep him. As a matter of fact, their organization is full of garbage right now because they can't get it right. You hired a coach mid-season. It worked for Minnesota because Minnesota's been in the play-in tournament twice under Chris Finch. He was hired mid-season. Let me tell you something. You can't hire coaches mid-season, guys. You just got to go with the ones you have. Like, I like you could like like if Jason Kidd were to get fired today, God forbid, he wouldn't he won't get fired. Then they would have to go to Sean Sweeney, or you could have said it was Joe Pileski. Joe Pileski, I think that's his name. I can I I could be butch, butcher his name. I'm sorry, Atlanta fans, but he he was a defensive guru with the Mavericks back in the day. He was. Along with, you no, know, what it was, I think it was before Dwayne Casey. Yeah, it was before Dwayne Casey. He was on Avery Johnson's staff. So he has long time, long, he has NBA experience. He's been in the NBA for a long time. I think he's destined for an NBA job. Don't you think? And maybe, you know, maybe Atlanta doesn't make the play. And maybe you just say, um, maybe you just say, hey, um, hey, we're just going to take our losses in the offseason. Now, people will say, we have a lot of questions in the offseason. You could have stayed with Nate McMillan because you re-signed him to a five-year contract, and now you fire him mid-season. And now you bring Quinn Snyder, which it didn't work out in, um, it didn't work out in Utah. Because you had Donovan Mitchell scoring 30 points a game and Rudy Gobert getting 10 rebounds. Rudy Gobert didn't do the extra stuff. Rudy Gobert gave you rebounds, but he didn't give you anything else. That's why Utah failed, and that's why I thought Quinn Slider Slider would take a year off and just rest. But instead, he took a half year off, and he got hired in Atlanta. Because he, because Atlanta was thinking, okay, maybe he he can create that success in, in success in Utah. They didn't win a championship. Maybe he can create, he can create that success in Atlanta. Wrong, completely wrong. But now I want to get to this matchup. So, um, in order for Atlanta to win this game, you can't have stall possessions, meaning that you you gotta you gotta score. You got to score, and your two main scores is. Trey Young and the, and Dejounte Murray, those are your scores. Everybody else, from Bogdan to uh, John Collins to Click Capella, they really don't have a bench. That's the key. That the key is the bench. Can the bench come through in this game in this matchup? That remains to be seen. But on the Miami side. They fared no different. Jimmy Butler averaged 23 points a game. Bam Olabayo averaged 20 and 9. Well, actually 21 and 9. Um, they got to score 100 points. I mean, they haven't been on the cusp of scoring 100 points for a long time now. They haven't done that. I mean, they barely have done that. They barely have. Their games are 
fairly defensive, but they are a defensive team. Miami is. They got a lot of depth on their front line. Their um, point guard situation. Uh, so I do think that this is a, a good defensive team in the in, in the Miami Heat. So you have to give me the Heat to win this game. They'll be moving on in my eyes to play the Celtics. Because they're, they're familiar with the Celtics. They played each other last year. And, yeah, Celtics won that outcome. So let's go into the ne- next match of Minnesota versus the Lakers. Um, so before I – I want to play – I want to get to the Minnesota scouting report last. But I want to get to the Lakers scouting report first. So LeBron is – LeBron this, LeBron that. LeBron finally is in the postseason. <sighs> they, they couldn't get enough. I mean, you know, finally LeBron could be in the postseason. Now you got to understand something. LeBron has to win one this game. Now, if he doesn't win this game, then he's got to win the next. He's got to win the next game to say to have people talk about him again. Talk about his greatness. But the good thing is that they got home games. It said that if they win, they got to play Memphis. Now, I don't know how much experience they play into that, but, but I don't know. But I lean towards the Lakers in this game because the reason being LeBron and Anthony Davis, they've been playing well. You know, Anthony Davis comes, that last switch came on when LeBron went out. When LeBron went out, Anthony Davis said, this is my team. I'm going to lead y'all. And that's what he did. You didn't get that when he missed 20 games. You definitely did it before the 20 games he missed. You didn't get that. You didn't get that production. Now you're getting production from Anthony Davis. You're getting production from uh, uh, Daniel Russell, uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. This is a defensive team now. And Kendrick Perkins, I disagree with you. The, The Lakers, you're going off momentum. A few weeks back, you said Sacramento will win the West. You said that. And I disagree with you because I said, I said, you're going off momentum. You're going off what works right now. Sacramento at the time was number two in the, in the West. They were, they, they were having one of their best seasons. They still had one of their best seasons ever. I'm not taking that away. What I am taking away is that what you're saying is you went from the Kings to the Lakers. You're going off momentum now. So I don't have a pick for who wins the West. Honestly, I don't know until the actual playoffs start. And then maybe next week I can say, you know what? Maybe Phoenix wins the West or maybe the Clippers wins the West. I don't know right now. I don't know right now until the ball drops until the ball is thrown up in the air and we can say, you know what? This team was better than this team. But I'm not definitely not going to say the Lakers. If I said the Lakers will win the West, do you know how many people will celebrate me? Gabe, who works here, is smiling right now at Kendrick Perkins because he will say he's not here right now, but he will say, he, he, he'll be smiling right now. If I said that, 
But I'm not saying that. I'm not saying who's going to win the West. I disagree with your was was Kendrick. The Lakers aren't. The Lakers got to win a, a a series. They got to win three series to win the West. Actually, three and a half because you got to win the play the playing game, and you got to win. You got to beat Memphis and whoever you play next. But let me tell you something. You ain't beating. You ain't beating Memphis. And Memphis says, you know, um, if they grow up in this in this series, you're not beating. You're not beating the bet. You're not beating them. You're not beating the West. I'm sorry. You're not beating the, the. You're not. If Memphis grows up, the Lakers are done for. That's why. Key word. Grow up. Key words. Grow up, Memphis Grizzlies. It's time. Now, let's get to my Minnesota take. And I want to, and was talking about around the world, the punch of Rudy Gobert versus Kyle Anderson. And there was another one that people are not talking about, Miles Pumley and no, not, not Miles Pumley, Mason Pumley and Bones Highland. I want to play those clips back to back because it proved because this is going to prove my point, and then I will dive into the into the Minnesota um, side of things. But I want to discuss what we're talking about. Let's play that clip, please. Emotions boiling over here at Target in a very important game, regular season finale. And we had a scuffle on the Timberwolves bench. Anderson and Rudy Gobert. That's just something you don't see every day. I know the tensions. Play. Oh, did you play the other one? Play the other one. Yes. This is what occurred as we went to the break at the quarter. Mason Plumley and Bones Highland. Plumley clearly not happy with what had occurred. Defensive breakdown that he felt late in that quarter. Okay, so with that being said, here's the difference. Rudy Gobert did not punch Kyle Anderson. Nor there was a scuffle. A scuffle would be like guys rolling around. That's a scuffle. Or a punch in, or a punch would be like a punch in the face. It was just a push. Like, bro, you're not going to call me a B word like Kyle Anderson did. I read the comments. Kyle Anderson did call him a B. You need to grab some rebounds. You need to block some shots. That was a conversation. Between those two. Now, I'm not a fan of people, of, of people being called out of your name. I'm not a fan of that. And what, when you cross those lines, you're going to get upset. Rudy Gobert, fine. It took somebody with tough balls like Kyle Anderson to get to Rudy Gobert to say, you know what? Dude. You are 7-1. 
you are not, you are not doing your job by protecting the basket. You are not doing your job by blocking a shot. So, in that case, you know, I commend what Kyle, Kyle did. That was the B word. It was a B word. You didn't have to add that in, but sometimes this happens, everyone. Not everybody's going to be hugging, hugging on the bench. You, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to have disagreements, of course. It's part of, actually, it's part of life. But those disagreements turn into the worst. This is one of, this wasn't bad as what happens on the streets in daily life. You got to understand, there's always going to be disagreements amongst teammates at all. Everybody's is passionate. Everybody's competitive. Everybody's passionate. It's good. I'm not saying what he did is, is, is great, but it brings the team together. It says, you know what? Okay, maybe I need to grab some rebounds. Maybe I need to block some shots. Maybe I need to need to uh, get some dog in me. Maybe I need. Maybe I need to do that. That's a That's that is a warning shot. When Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the off season, I mean, it wasn't. Let me try to pinpoint this. Let me try to put it in a good way. Guys, when Draymond punched Jordan Poole in the offseason, that was a message sent, message received to Jordan Poole. And look at Jordan Poole now. Look at his game. The man's unstoppable now. Like, Steve Kerr knows it. He got his ass whooped by Michael Jordan. Steve Kerr knew what, what was, uh, I'm talking about. Public pressure doesn't know sports. Public pressure is like, we should cancel Draymond. We should cancel Rudy Gobert. We shouldn't cancel neither of those guys. It takes a human being, it actually takes a man, well, actually, it takes a human being to stand up for themselves. That's what Rudy did. Rudy said, you know what? You're not going to call me out of my name. But at the same time, um, at the same time, it's a message sent. We are a team here. We can get far with your presence. We traded four draft picks to get you Rudy Gobert. That was Minnesota. They traded whole entire draft picks. Now they don't have any because of Rudy Gobert. They don't have any. Like, I don't know if Rudy wanted out of Utah. Donovan Mitchell did because Donovan Mitchell was saying, I can't do all this work and have my big man not block any shots. Just at the Mavericks last year. Why did the Mavericks were, Mavericks were able to go to the basket easily because Rudy wasn't blocking any shots. Rudy, you got to understand, you are the third Best big man in the league. We don't have any big man now. Everybody's going small. That's why you see the league the way it is right now. Because we only we have Embiid, we have Jokic, we have you, Gobert. We don't have anybody. Nobody's willing to go grab a rebound these days. Everyone says we need a big man. 
We don't have any. Boban, you can say Boban, but Boban is, he, he wants to play around on the bench. Boban will always have a job in the NBA as long as he has a smile on his face. That's it. He could be on the worst team in the league and he, and he still ha- on your bench having a smile on the bench. You can't consider him a big man because he doesn't play. He don't play a lot. <laughs> you can't, you can't, uh, that's the only three big men we have. I'm not adding Christophe because we don't expect anything from Christos. We don't expect anything from him. We don't have that anymore, everyone. We don't have that anymore, and we got to accept it. We got to accept the fact that teams are playing small. I want Rudy to accept that team, you know, we're calling, we're, we're sending you a message. It's the truth. This country is not built on the truth. The, you know, these young ones, they don't want to be told the truth. They don't want to be told lies. And then when you tell them the truth, when you tell them the hard-end truth, they want to get mad at you and throw a weapon at you over nothing. I mean, that's life. But in the NBA, in, in, in sports like football, basketball, baseball, disagreements happen all the time. They dap it up, and we move on. That's it. It's all the time. Teammates want to win for each other, period. In the story. This is not an issue. At all. Like I could give you another set, but Will Smith uh, snapping Chris Rock. Yeah, Will Smith got suspended for, for 10 years from the Oscars. But I said, you know, Will Smith, you don't need the Oscars. Look at Chris Rock now. Chris Rock is on an all-American tour, joking, doing his job. As the comedian, he is doing his job, doing other things, doing, um, you know, selling out. He's doing those things. Like, of course, Will Smith had the apology. Of course you do that. But people are going to still egg you on. Like Rudy, of course you apologize. You did apologize. But people are going to still egg you on. As it, yeah, that's it saying, you know what? That's not your character. We want you to act this way. That's what you get to take advantage of. Um, so with that being said, they suspended him for this game. Actually, you don't need him in this game. You don't need him in this game because he wasn't defending a, a soul. Carl Anthony Towns is going to foul everybody. <laughs> Like, you don't have Nas Reed. Nas Reed is out. Rudy Gobert is out for this game. I mean, if they lose or win or something like that, this doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. He comes back to the team, and you just got to welcome him with open arms, shake Kyle Anderson's hand, and move on. Like, I think that's what Kyle Anderson wants. I think that's what the team wants as well. If you want to get to somewhere, you got to let the pass go. Let the pass be the pass. Don't bring it up. The media is going to bring up every single thing. If you, if you I'm, not, I'm not saying you have to allow it, but I'm saying they're going to continue to bring it up. Okay, fine. Let them continue to bring it up. But the only thing you can control is the team. It's your team. It's only what you can control. 
Y'all are trying to fight for a championship. Y'all are trying to win, beat the Lakers. You're trying to beat, not only beat the Lakers, you're trying to focus on the Grizzlies as well. If you beat the Lakers tonight. If not, then you gotta play, uh, either the OKC or New Orleans Pelicans to play in, to get in to play against the Grizzlies. Well, actually, no, take that back. Get the Nuggets. So, with that being said, Minnesota may not have a chance in this game. You know, it's going to be fall on the backs of Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, that's another thing we don't talk about. We don't talk about Anthony Edwards' greatness. He's only 21 years old. Like, you talk about John Morant being the face of the NBA. Of the NBA. Look at Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is in Minnesota. The reason why we don't focus on Minnesota because Memphis – uh, because ESPN rather shows Memphis than Minnesota. <laughs> but look at Anthony Edwards, his craft. I mean, if he w- if he didn't get hurt, he would have played 82 games. He would have. But Anthony Edwards, if he goes off tonight, Minnesota's winning the game. But Carl Anthony Towns doesn't foul a lot. Minnesota wins the game. They have uh, Jared... Jaden McDaniels, he's another player we don't, I mean, he's another player that defends LeBron. LeBron's gonna have a field day tonight. Cause Jerry, Jerry Vanderbilt was, it's not, not Jaden Vanderbilt. Jaden McDaniels was supposed to guard him. Jaden McDaniels keeps LeBron in check. But he broke his hand. Like, it's not, it's the stupidest decision in the world, but you gotta understand the frustration of an athlete. When you don't make those plays, when you get hurt, when you're not be able to be for be there for your team, you start punching something that is right next to you. In this case, it was a wall. Okay, not the brightest idea in the world. I listen. I punch walls. I punch walls when I give my all and no one's looking. I punch walls today, <laughs> not today, but like recently. But at the same time. Is normal. It's a stu- it's it's stupid when you play it out, but you gotta understand as an athlete, as a competitor, you gotta understand the frustration that 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 you're passionate about. If your passion is about being a doctor, you don't get that doctor job that you wanted. You're gonna punch a wall. Of course, you're gonna punch something in sight. You're gonna bang cars. You're gonna do what you. Without the violence to other people, you're going to do things self-harm. And that's almost normal, basically. I don't know. It's normal. It's normal frustration. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. This is what Minnesota has. And I choose the Lakers to win tonight. Even with those two guys, I still would have chosen the Lakers. Actually, Minnesota is better off without Gobert. Let's see what happens tonight. And that is a 9 o'clock game. I'm not mad at that. So now let's get to the play-in game. The play-in game, let's start start in the East. So uh, let's start in the East, the Bulls and the Raptors, okay? Uh, Inconsistency has dealt the Bulls all season long. uh, But they got to play... 
with passion and integrity to win this matchup, to win this game. So everybody will be back. Um, you know, this, this is a, a game where they got to play. They, this is a game where, <clears throat> this is a game where, um, this is a do or die game between the Bulls and Raptors. Neither team has been good this season. I can tell you that on the Raptors' sake, they don't make adjustments, but on the fly. But can they? We shall see. But I am, if I were to choose this game, I don't really choose this this matchup because I don't like this matchup. I, I I'm going to choose the Raptors because of the home home court advantage. So I'm going to choose the Raptors. The Raptors will move on and play the winner. Well, actually, play the loser of the seven and eight matchup. I think that's on. That's going to be on Friday, I believe. But the next matchup will be the Thunder and the Pelicans. Now, this matchup has Young all over it. Um, let's start with the, uh, like I said about Shake Gilders Alexander, the man averaged 31 points a game. Like, you can't ask him to do any more. Any more. I mean, if they win this, if he's going to go into the offseason with regret. <clears throat> so, but their younger group has to grow up fast because this is a, a play-in tournament. Um, the Mavericks are supposed to have this, but I would have favored the Mavericks over OKC. But then again, Mavericks have their own issues. But OKC... I don't have, I mean, they have to grow up real fast. They have no leaders on that team. Uh, New Orleans, CJ McCollum averaged 20 points a game. I would tell New Orleans, don't worry about Zion anymore. If Zion wants to play, he'll come out and play. But Zion don't want to play anymore, guys. Like, how are you going to have a hamstring injury since February? Damn, that's like a full two months. Do you know what has happened by then, Zion? Do you care about playing basketball? This is supposed to be a two to three week injury. <clears throat> NFL players get these injury injuries all the time. Baseball players get these injuries all the time. NFL players, their back was in a week. MLB players, their back was in days. Anybody else, their back was in days, depending on the body. You're out. You've been out for two months. Can we say he doesn't care about basketball anymore? Can we say Zion's basketball career is over? Can we say that at all? And then the team finds a way to give him an excuse, to give him a pass, to say, you know what? Zion's going to miss this game. Zion's not going to make the postseason. What? Stop giving this man a pass. It's over. It's done. Zion's done. If Zion can resurrect his career, then he will do it on his own terms. But Zion's career, Zion's career is over. It's done. Nada. Zero. He don't want to play anymore. He wants to dress up to impress. That's what he's going to do. And y'all are going to entertain that and keep on the silence and say, Zion's doing all the work he can to get back. Is he really? Is he really?
And I just wonder, are you guys telling us the truth or something? Are you all, are, are you all lying to us? Cause if that was the case, Zion would have been on the court right now. But I am choosing the, um, Pelicans to win this game, despite all that. Cause I feel like Brandon Ingram can make a name for himself in this game. I do think that Brandon Ingram could be one of the best players in this league. He has not shown that yet. Because he, he misses a lot of games and he's been inconsistent. But recently he's been, he's been up in his game a little bit. But I do want to see consistency. I do think this game right here will further that. And the next game too, because you get in the next game, you got to play in to get to the playoffs. And that's, like I said, you're going to play the loser of the seven and eight matchup. So it could be the Lakers, could be the Minnesota. We shall see. But I am choosing New Orleans to win this game. But this is, like I said, this is the matchup where this is a do-or-die game. So the Bulls and Raptors, the Thunder and the Pelicans are do-or-die games. So the winner plays, moves on. The loser gets 10th place. That's it. So now we dive in. Before we go to break, we dive in to the postseason. Now, I don't have one and two down, but I do want to get into the three and six matchup and the four or five matchup as well on the east and west side. Um, so, with that being said, let's dive in real quick. Um, Brooklyn Nets versus the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a big matchup. You're talking about Iron Man for Miles, I'm sorry, Miles Bridges, 27 points a game, all 82, all 83 games actually. Embiid averaged 33 points a game, 10 rebounds. He, he was he was a scoring leader all season long. Uh, the key to the series was the Nets bigs. I'm sorry, the next actually the next big man and the bench. So the bench comes through. They could upset in the series, but Philly side, I'm gonna say is Maxi. Harris and Tucker. Maxi can really name, make a name. Like I said, Maxi is one of the best. Maxi, you talk about the faces. Don't forget about the guy in Philadelphia who makes plays every single night. Tyrese Maxi can, can do that. Um, he's key in the series. Cause you gotta compliment Harden and, and Embiid. Embiid. Doesn't need to do anything more. I guess I will say the only thing he needs to do is um, get out of the first round at least. And and, and we'll deal with the after the effects later on. But um, I do feel like the Nets are going to be switching a lot. Um, as far as Embiid goes, I don't think that they're going to try to... Um, I don't think they're going to try to play him one on one. I think they're going to try to double T him a little bit. I think I do think that uh, if they do play him one on one, that'll be surprising to me because the Nets don't have a big a big man depth. I mean, you're going to focus on Claxton to guard the big man, then um, uh, you got to provide some help as far as that goes. But I wouldn't if I was the Nets defensive corner, I wouldn't. When they run pick and roll, I wouldn't switch off. I wouldn't have Claxton switch off 
on uh, on a uh, on a guard. Because remember, they do that play where if Embiid screens and they they take they, it's like a show. So they're going to double team Maxi and then Embiid. So there there's gonna be a lot of switching. I wouldn't switch against this magic because of what Embiid can show. So if you're going to stop and beat in the series, I do think that you, you got to, I think, I think you got to play him straight up. Or you got to switch it. And that's what the Nets can do. I, I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. I'm right in this course. So let's see what happens. But I do have Philly going to six in this matchup. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the New York matchup, the Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell averaged 28 points a game. That was out, was out, was out Rudy Gobert. That was, that was without, that's what the guys that were solid. That was Evan Mobley and Jared Allen guarded the rim. Like, can ask for better big man. Um, Randall averaged 25 points a game, 10 rebounds. Cleveland has to play defense on all possessions. So not have possession, all possession. Rebounding is important in this, in this because New York loves to score. New York loves to score with Jalen Brunson, Mayo quickly, um, Jer- obviously Julius Randle, and random guys like um, like Obi Toppin or uh, R.J. Barrett. Those guys, those are random guys that may come through. They're dark horses. So with that being said, New York, you had a successful regular season. You got to avoid disappointment in this series. So all due respect to Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm going to say New York in seven. I do feel like they have the offensive power. New York plays a little bit of defense, but sometimes it can be inconsistent at times. But I don't think Tom Thibodeau is going to allow them to be inconsistent at times. I do think he has a game plan for how to stop Mitchell and all the guys on that team. So that's why I said New York is seven. I think this is a seven-game series. And to make sure that Stephen A. Smith doesn't go off on a New York York Knicks rant. But the West playoffs, I have the West right here. Let's talk about the Kings versus the Golden State Warriors. Okay, so this is a, a matchup where this is unusual. It's supposed to be the other way around. It's supposed to be the Kings and the Warriors. But the Kings had a, a, a successful regular season. So I never picked the Kings to win a series. I'm not, I'm definitely not picking the Kings to win this series. I do, um, ESPN has it even overall at 50% even. So in my eyes, I think Golden State wins the series in six. Um, I'm going to say because here's what the Kings have. The, the Aaron Fox, 25 points a game. Seth Curry averaged 30 in the regular season. Um, the Kings have to find a way to play defense. Their defense hasn't been their motto in the, in the regular season, but they got to find a way. They can score. The Kings can score on all, and on on every possession, and I believe the first two games in that series will be rocking all over the place. Like we're going to be talking about uh, crowd control. That team has not been to the postseason in sixteen years. Of course, they're going to come back and 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 root for that team. Then the first two games, but I do was veteran leadership 
Which the champions, they are. Golden State wins the series in six. ESPN has it at 50%. I'm saying Golden State. Well, actually, yeah. If I was doing percentages, I would say Golden State 53% wins the series because of veteran leadership. Now, let's and, and plus the Warriors have been on on, on a uh, they, they, they now they have been a good road team and they've been they've been winning a lot lately. So momentum builds leading into the postseason. So. We just got to see what happens. Phoenix versus the Clippers. Now, this was this is another 4-5 matchup. Uh, let's Devin Booker, 27 points a game. George, Paul George, 23. Leonard, 23. Ironically, they average the same amount of points because both of those guys did not play the whole 82 games. Um, Phoenix... They're always going to have good possessions down the court. Um, I don't know how you're going to stop Devin Booker, uh, Chris Paul, uh, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. They can score from all ends of the court. You're not going to stop those guys. And they always say Clippers has the 82% on, on the ESPN's poll. Um, like I said, if I was playing percentages, which I'm going to get to in like 30 seconds, uh, but I want to finish up this one. The Clippers... Have a fresh set of legs and Kawhi. Kawhi, like I said, Kawhi did not play all the games this season. Um, we're still waiting on the health status on Paul George, but nonetheless, the Clippers have depth all around. You talk about Miles Pumley. You talk about uh, Ivan Zubox. You talk about Bones Highland. You talk about Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, all that stuff. You talk about those guys. Making a difference. I'm like, those guys have, and Tyron Lou is a championship coach. He has the ability to get to get to the finals. Will the Clippers get there? That remains to be seen. But, um, but in order f- for Phoenix to win the series, KD will be key. I expect the KD get his. I expect Devin Booker to get his as well. I expect Aiton to be the big man that he is. To play in position. It's going to be tough guarding the Clippers because the Clippers can go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They have at least 11 guys that can score on that team. Uh, Norman Powell, uh, the guys that I, that I mentioned, but, uh, but the Clippers have, the Clippers, you don't have games off. You don't, you can't find an excuse to take a game off. Cause every play is, could be, you could have two days off, you could have a day in between games off. It's how it works. So ESPN has that 82%. If I like I said, if I was doing percentages, I will go Clippers seventy five percent. I do think Clippers will win this series in six. Um, I'm a little hesitant because of Phoenix. Uh, what Phoenix can do? Monty Williams has a game plan, and he he executes uh, executes that game plan to the best. 
Now, Phoenix, your only, your only chance, the only thing that you don't have is the Mavericks bringing down your neck. That's gone. That's all with. You got to deal with the Clippers now. And so with that being said, uh, like I said, the Clippers in six. If I was doing percentages, Clippers 35%. Uh, we're still waiting on the health status on Paul George. I do think he's another addition uh, of the scoring. But nonetheless, this Clippers team can score, and they can play a little bit of defense. But um, this is a tough matchup. I wouldn't mind it going seven, but this is a tough matchup at the four or five matchup. The NBA – has some good matches this year. The NBA had their highest attendance in the in the league this year, which is good. That's that that's that's something they can hang their hat on. In this playoffs, it's going to be even better, and it remains to be seen. And I'll give you my um my takes on the Boston Celtics and whoever they play in this series and Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Denver Nuggets and. The Memphis Grizzlies, the reason why I didn't give you this take today is because they haven't played anyone yet, and I'm, I'm waiting till the matchup happens uh, to make my predictions, to say what I want to say. But that will be on the social media. So look out for that. Please subscribe when you can, and give me a thumbs up. Now, that's the NBA playoffs in a nutshell. Now, coming up next, let's talk about the WNBA draft and which teams improve and which teams need a little work. It's up next. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio.
care of you and just for the night yeah just for the night don't want to lose all that i have you could be amused and help me care but i just need you to come break my back if you want to attack it it's just that that's just life i'm a big girl you just my type i got a man but he ain't in sight right now so I ain't tryna have babies right now, so we fuck with a rubber, but I got a raw bitch. Know this money bring EV, you probably won't be me, but bro, we can't be by no small shit. Overseas got a crowd doing my shit. Can't believe that I'm still in apartments. Fitness man went and got me in office. Me and Dollar deals, I get them often. Me and Dollar was serving on Spa Street. Holla G, he gon' stay with the chopstick. I got raw, that shit made me a monster. He bitch, you know this my sister, my mama's. Now they houses as big as they want them. I didn't run out no motherfucking commas. Look at little Donald. Living like we in a race, I might come in first and second, but I won't ever be last. Lately, I've been in my bag, but told me don't take my foot off the gas. They give you an inch, gonna take you a mile. I'ma shoot by myself like a technical foul. City to city, got girls going wild, and I reach for my chain when I jump in the crowd. Lambo solo out of squad. We finally made it, let's pop us a bottle. I took the lead and let everyone follow. They know I'm running it right to the bank. They want me to ease up, I didn't need them in bleeding room. Sorry, I told them I can't. Heard you a rat, so you know what's gonna happen whenever we catch you. I run with I've been making by the time I get 40, I gotta be one of them greatest. Watch how I move with this paper, I know if I stoop up one time, they gon' try to come take it. Really, is it getting these niggas be faking? I don't want they buy, so they hand ain't shaking. She on that 42 straight with no chaser. I'm trying to get out of here and go taste it. Yeah, my diamonds be DVs. They don't wanna see us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay down my dues. No instruction, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on beats, is you hearing me? I just pray that my kids be a big of me, they can't get rid of me. My diamonds be TV. They don't wanna see us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay down my dues. No instruction, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on beats, is you hearing me? I just pray that my kids be a big of me, they can't get rid of me. Wake up every day, somebody harassing me. I got rich, they need money, they asking me. I was sitting in jail, they look out for me. Ones who need me, no same ones who doubted me. Handling my own, they can vouch for me They'll wait down with me, know that she proud of me Turn the heat up, ain't nobody hot as me Everywhere dollars be, that's how I gotta be I didn't gave her the word, now she not leaving Said she love me, the death told her stop breathing He try do what I do, but we not even I want all of the beef, I am not vegan Boy, you said it was smoke, nigga, stop speaking Bent to door, drop the top, I can't stop speeding Trying to see if this bitch hit the top speed Hit a bitch from the back, have a knock on me Baby, ho, I control the rock If the rap slow, I control the block Yeah, I'm really it, and you niggas not Got a couple coups, I can draw the I done made it, nigga, all these digits coming in, I'm saving for the bigger picture, no one day I need them, might as well get used to me, my biggest fear is ending up a used to be, yeah, yeah my diamonds be DVs, they don't want to 
see us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay down my dues. No instruction, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on beats, did you hear me? I just pray that my kids be a bigger me. They can't get rid of me. My diamonds be TV. See us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay down my dues. No instruction, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on beats, did you hear me? I just pray that my kids be a bigger me. They can't get rid of me. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the Beyond Game Podcast. All right, well, welcome back. This is Jamie. So, yeah, during the break, I was looking at uh, <laughs> the playoff uh, scenarios. I was looking at the playoff schedule. So, whoever uh, wins between Miami and Atlanta tonight plays Boston on Saturday. So, everybody else plays Sunday. So, with that being said, everyone, that's my correction. So I told you I was going to make corrections on the break, and I and I did it. So thank you. All right, so all those games start at 12 o'clock if you have nothing to do on Saturday, which there isn't anything to do sports-wise. I mean, you can watch baseball, hockey. Hockey's playoffs is coming. Then baseball, baseball regular season has started. Uh, the XFL, golf, stuff like that. So, uh, but the NBA Plus is important. Everyone needs to tune in. <laughs> Thank you. And we will talk about it next week, though. In my eyes. Excuse me. Alright, so, the WNBA draft was last night, everyone. And I will tell you that last night did not disappoint. It did not. I loved last night. I love it. Because all these players got to where they need to go, deserve to be drafted, deserve to get the NIL money that they were getting in college, and now they're going to give you more in, in the WNBA. Now, I will tell you this. You know, I never I went to one WNBA game in my life, and I loved it. That was the College Park at when the Dallas, where the Dallas Wings played. College Park Park, I think it's College Park Arena, something like that, is on the UTA, UTA campus. I loved it. That city is growing. The team is growing. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you why the team is going to continue to grow. But first, we got 10 players that will make an impact. Actually, 10 breakout players that will make an impact right away for their teams in the regular season of this upcoming summer. Number one, Aaliyah Boston. Now, Leah Boston was drafted in the end of Fever last night. Uh, this is her numbers. Uh, she was a champion last year. Most outstanding player last year. Player of the year last year. Two-time player of the year last year. Two-time SEC player of the year. 13 points and nine rebounds was her average this year. Uh, she's a post player where she didn't get a lot of opportunities this season. But uh, not as far as playing, though. But she didn't get a lot of opportunities to um, to flourish her game. She, she could have averaged a lot more points if South Carolina was post-heavy. South Carolina is not post-heavy. South Carolina was guard-heavy. Zaya Cook, there, there was no blame to that. I mean, you know, South Carolina wanted to run their own style. That's why they won the uh, most elites college programs in, in, in the uh, South Carolina basketball, women's basketball, 
in, in the in the world. So um, I don't. I, I'm not going to disrespect Don Staley's coaching. I think she's the best coach in the, in, in that we have in the SEC. As far as women, as far as African American, oh, absolutely, hundred ten percent. So uh, I think she will make an impact right away. The way Indiana is restructuring their team, uh, they draft Nalissa Smith last year from from um, from Baylor. So it could be <laughs> could be the Twin Towers in in Indiana. Just guys who remain the seat, and it's going to be cool to watch. New coach coming in, all these new players. What what do you do with them? What what do you, what offense do you run? For that matter. Number two, Diamond Miller. Diamond Miller. Look at her numbers. Maryland guard, nineteen points a game, six rebounds. She can play all positions. Three, four, five, possibly. She got drafted by Minnesota. Now this player, not only six, she she's six one, but she can take away the games of Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles. Sylvia Fowles retired last year. Maya Moore uh, retired just this past last year. She said she wasn't going to play basketball anymore. Uh, she was in the justice department, I think. Yeah, she was fighting for justice for one Jonathan Irons, I think. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, she did what she wanted to do, and um, I, I, I'm here for it. But she compliments their scoring. Uh, Minnesota has not had a score since Maya Moore happened. And Cheryl Weeze is a defensive-minded coach, and she's going to get the best out of Diamond Miller. So you needed that. You needed that one franchise player to change your franchise. And there you go. Diamond Miller is that player. Um, number three, Haley Jones. Haley Jones is is my favorite player. What well, is my favorite player in this draft because of her tenacity? Um, she she plays a bunch of positions on the court. She can, but I wonder where the Atlanta Dream, where she got drafted by last night, where she's going to be playing at? What position? Um, guard at Stanford, average thirteen points a game, nine rebounds. Um, the game has to be adjusted for her, meaning that she may not have to bring the ball up. She might have to play off the ball where she might have to get the ball off the ball and try to create her own shot or better yet develop a three point shot. And that comes over time. And, uh, where, where, uh, where does, she, you know, like I said, where does she play on the court? But Haley can do it. I do, I do think that um, she she's born ready. I hate the fact that they were out in the first in the first in the second round, but you know, teams happen. Ole Miss happened. Okay, they were built off momentum. They were a defensive minded team. It happened. Stanford wasn't ready. So, with that being said, you talk about one team that built their whole entire team, and I wrote this last night through the draft. Let's go to number four, Maddie Star- Sargas. I'm going to get that name right because I'm going to go to a Dallas win game this summer. I am. 29 points a game on 54% shooting, nine rebounds, two-time Big East player of the year. She was the whole offense at Villanova. Um, she was a scoring machine. 
Um, hey, 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 Enriquez got help. You talk about losing uh, Alicia Gray. You talk about losing Isabel Harrison. You talk about losing Mariel Mayberry, um, Marbury, whatever her name is. Talk about low, losing those three and losing your coach and now have to re get a new coach in. It almost feels like it's not a rebuilding. Well, actually, it feels like if you had to build your team on the draft, it doesn't feel like you're rebuilding. It, it almost feels like when you draft the best player in the Big East Conference, it almost feels like you're not rebuilding. It's almost, it's almost like you're, you're reconstruction. You're, you're trying to re, actually, actually, you're trying to replace a scoring machine, which Alicia Gary was, with another scoring machine, Maddie Sargers. Now, how the WNBA works, don't know how she's going to adjust to that, but um, but hey, you got another score on the heat. Enrique's got help now. Enrique can get play off the ball now. Or Maddie Sargas is not used to playing off the ball. She's used to scoring because she was, like I said, she was a whole offense at Villanova. Villanova only goes where she goes, where she tends to get them go. Without Maddie Sargas, Villanova is nothing. Maddie Sargas busts into the, to, to the screen in January, in my eyes. I didn't watch her until January. I said, man, this is going to be the next best thing. The Dallas Wing got her. I'm like, okay, we're in for business now. Number five, Bree, Bray Bill. Bray Bill, oh, man, she, she got drafted in the second round. And I was thinking that she was going to be a first round pick, but, but her scoring put her in the second round, but she could play defense. One of the few that plays defense in the world. And that's Bray Bill. The way she defended Caitlin Clark, you couldn't guard her any better. Like she had 30, but it wasn't on you. It was just, Kaylin Clark had to work to get those thirty points. Like it's easy enough if you gave it, given it, gave them enough space. But if you're like in her face and she has to dribble around you, trying to get her shots off during the uh, while the shot clock's winding down, then um, then you done your job. That's what people fail to miss. They fail to miss that. Okay, you know. Um, you know, you, you have to play defense. You have to guard them. You got to take two feet, two steps back. And then when they shot, when they take the shot, you have to guard them. No, she started from the start. You have to guard them 90 feet. And that's what Bray Bill did. And that's what she's going to continue to do in the WNBA. I do see a future in Bray Bill. The scoring won't be there, but her defense will. Like Minnesota may not ask her to score anywhere, anyways, because they have Diamond Miller and they have uh, Nafisha Collier. She's going to be the leader of that team. Uh, number six, Maddie Williams, OU. Now people didn't know, undersized, but she has a lot of heart in the game. She plays well, but then again, she has a lot of heart in the game, and uh, and. Seattle needed something 
down low. I think this may be the best player past, uh, past Brianna Stewart. Brianna Stewart can give you an outside shot. It can give you the mid post game, but being undersized, being Maddie, Maddie Williams, she can't give you the elbow jump shot. She can't give you the face up jump shot, but however, she can give you the low post game being her size. Now she might have the guard, she might have shoot over tall defenders, but she can she can make an impact. She can make a name for herself in this thing. And I do think people were sleeping on her because being the Big Twelve, it is it's much of a the Big Twelve is more of a defensive minded league. Actually, it's just more of a half court offensive league, slowing the pace down. Because they were looking for scores, and Maddie, Maddie Williams can score. She can score. Number seven, Ashley Jones. Now, this is a big-time player. I thought she will go a lot, little higher. But then again, you have, then again, it is what it is. Big 12 player of the year. Big 12 most outstanding player of the year. Um. 21 points a game, nine rebounds. Uh, she's a big four who can do everything. And another score that I can compliment Arike. So it's almost like the Wings gave Arike a gift. Cause you have the best scorer in the Big 12 conference and Ashley Jones that led Iowa State to the Big 12 championship in her final season. She didn't need to accomplish more. She didn't need to stay an extra year to get her accomplishments. She did it. It was just that the Big 12 Conference um, Championship was an icy on the cake. And going to the Dallas Wing was another thing. So how would this make this work? I don't know. But, it, but I do think this will work. So um, number eight, Zaya Cook. Zaya Cook, average South Carolina guard, the lead, the best leader in the game. Average 15 points a game, uh, full-time point guard in, in the WNBA. Floor general. She got drafted by the Sparks. Oh man, the Sparks are going to be legit. You talk about the Bubike sisters. You talk about Jordan Kennedy. They overloaded in the offseason. They brought in Kirk Miller as your head coach. You talk about, that's not a super team right there. That took risk. You got Zaya Cook to add on your team. Zaya Cook's going to have a good season. The heart, the passion is already in her. You talk about the interview last night, which was interview was how it wrote. You talk about that last night. Oh my gosh. She's ready. She's ready. Number nine, uh, Leticia Almore. I'm here. Um, I apologize. I apologize for the name. Uh, 6-4, average 7 points a game and 3 rebounds. Why is this sufficient? Because she she plays multiple positions on the court. She got attracted by Atlanta Dream, and I think she's ready. Most people don't don't sleep each other. Most people don't... Um, most people didn't they didn't know they they looked for Lizia Cook and Alicia uh, and uh, Aaliyah Boston, but they didn't look at Letitia. Letitia 
if she does not come off the bench and score 15, 14 points while supplementing Aaliyah Boston, who had two fouls, South Carolina gets blown out, hands down. But it was that time on the bench that Leticia elevated her game. This is why she was in the first round. That game against Iowa boosted her WMA draft status. And it could work out in the end. We just got to see what Atlanta is going to run. My last and final point, and I'll do some honorable mentions in a second. Lou Lopez-Chacal. She's from France. <clears throat> France. 15 points a game, three rebounds, 44% three-point shooter. Shoots the ball effectively, WNBA ready. She got drafted by the Dallas Wings. So I just named three players on the Dallas Wings that can help this franchise. This franchise hasn't helped, uh, hasn't, hasn't done anything. They moved, they started in Detroit, they went to Tulsa, then now they're in Dallas. That's where I am. So, what a better way to celebrate, to get excited for the season coming up next month. We're about a month away from the season starting. We're about a few weeks from a couple of preseason games started. And see how the team looks in the end of summer. I'm excited to go look after it. Look for it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this entire WNBA season. Let's do some honorable mentions real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Grace Berger, uh, she went to Indiana, played for Indiana Hoosiers. She, <laughs> she stays in Indiana, Indiana Fever. She is a three-point specialist, 41% three-point shooter on the outside. She's going to give that team some outside shots. Uh, she's she's WNBA ready. She's going to help Aaliyah Boston and all those other players on the team. Indiana might come out in the East. We shall see. Uh, Jordan Hossa is my other one. Tennessee guard, average 15 points a game, seven rebounds. Um, she went to Seattle, but I don't, I don't, Seattle was looking f- to compliment Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. They didn't hit those, they didn't hit Sue Bird, but they hit this one. They hit, um, they hit Jordan Horse, and I, and I think she's going to prove the Dallas wrong. As far as having a lasting career, um, my last, my second to last one is Alexis Morris. Alexis Morris, a four general again leader. She was the number one. Uh, talk about second chances. Look at her story. Look at her story, and I always tell people, you know, hey, the second chance is is a better chance than the first. Uh, 50 points a game, four assists, 43% shooting, 30%. I think she's going to prove people wrong in the second round. Why people draft her in the second round to go to Connecticut Sun. Uh, she's going to go after it. She's going to be ready. And I think she's WNBA ready. She's going to be ready to lead. Even though that franchise is going to um, endure some hurt this season, I do think, but I do think that her career is going to last a long time in the WNBA. My last and final one, Destiny Harden. Um, let's not get this twisted because she averaged 12 points a game and five rebounds. And she was the reason why Miami went to Elite Eight. Uh, and that's why the reason why Miami, 
Hurricanes women's basketball and women's basketball is back up to date because of Destiny Harden. Now Destiny Harden got drafted in the third round to the Phoenix Mercury. You talk about Brittany Griner, you talk about Diane Taurasi, you talk about Sophie Cunningham. How about Destiny Harden? Destiny Harden is going to come into training camp and prove people wrong. She's going to prove people wrong. Now, she needs to upgrade her scoring a little bit, but at the same time, hey, she's going to come in there on a mission. Like, Atari's going to be our back right away. Uh, Brittany Griner, we're going to celebrate her. Definitely going to celebrate Diane Taurasi. But don't forget Destiny Harden. They, she got drafted when the commercial break was on. They went to commercial break when she got drafted, everyone. That is the most disrespectful thing ever. I know they do this in the NFL and players go back and say, remember you played that commercial when I, when, when I, when I was on break? That's what Destiny Harden needs to, needs, needs to go prove out there. And I think she will do it. She will. That's why I'm excited about this WNBA season. And I'll be, and we will talk about all of it on this podcast in the summer. Now guys, I want to thank you for listening and watching to this show. Um, we're going to have more of this next week. Uh, we're going to recap the NBA playoffs and what, what change? What change? During between now and la- 